Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'll start the podcast. I want the smell to dissipate. <laughs> Flagship podcast number 327 from the 20 Minute Times. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm joined by Stephen. What's happening? And Melly. Yes. And it's Christmas time, mistletoe and wine, and we're still recording podcasts all of the time. <laughs> yes, we are. It's the Christmas gooch. Yes. Christmas gooch season. We are slap bang in the middle between Christmas and New Year. One of those periods of, you know, for, of everyone's life where you're not really sure what to do with yourself. I don't know what day of the week it is. Don't, everything's just Christmas a bit Christmas at the Gucci. Christmas at the Gucci. That's, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you squeezed that in. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a, what better to do than sit down and record some red hot podcast there content? Be, there will be some people sitting at home, you know, thinking just they're just watching reruns on the TV and old James Bond films and ITV3 and they'll be thinking there's no way the 20 Minute Tims are going to get together during Christmas and record a flagship podcast for us. Well, surprise, surprise, here Think we are. Again, Think again, again. You know, if Celtic play, we record the podcasts. And that's one thing that I've, I've been struck by, Melee, how thick and fast these games are coming. It's like every couple of days, Celtic are back on the pitch. Yeah, you forget about what day it is. And then, like, oh, we're playing, we're playing. Even the the game at the weekend there caught up on me. I thought it was a three o'clock kickoff right up until the day before yeah, and yeah. then found out. I was like, oh no. So they're coming thick and fast. Me and Stephen were doing the, at the match at, uh, for the St. Johnston game. It felt like the day before we were standing at the same place yeah, doing it yeah. for the Livingston game. But Celtic are back and look, we missed it for so long I can't complain and mm. we're dishing out the old victories as well so I can't grumble. That's the best thing about it, isn't it, Stephen? Because there's so much talk about Rangers and you know, all three games in the bounce and you know, they, they managed to snatch a win at Aberdeen, they managed to snatch a win at Ross County and they, oh, they were really building momentum, but it doesn't really matter because the Celtic winning machine just keeps rolling on. Well, exactly. I, the pressure is definitely on them because Celtic's record this season has been extraordinary, really. I mean, it's only going to be, maybe once the season's over, we can probably mm. look back on it and think what an incredible period that was. Well, it's still going just now. I'm talking like it's over, but the amount of wins that Celtic have managed to rack up this season has been incredible. Just say for that one dip, that one blip on the radar mm. against St Mirren, it's been 100% wins and a, and a half decent, <laughs> a half decent Champions League campaign in there as well. So, aye, it's been it's been great. I one thing that struck me, you know, the Livingston game. Out the two games, we're probably going to end up talking about this in the podcast. That the St Johnson game was the better game, and it was the most recent oh, game. Yeah. So that's going to feature more prominently. But one thing that struck me was the Livingston game. It wasn't pretty. It was another one no. of these ones that wasn't pretty. But for the first time, Ange kind of acknowledged that. Ange was saying after the game, merely. You know, there's players not in positions that they know they're supposed to be in. And that was pretty evident. And I think that's probably what led to the changes for the St Johnston game. Yeah, I think so. And um, you maybe wonder after that, well, who, who is he talking about? Because 
most likely it's the front three. Mm. Kyogo, you can maybe go, but he did get a goal in there. But when the St. Johnson lineup comes out and the two wide players are dropped to the bench, you go, ah, it must have been those two. And look, it's fair enough. Celtic, while the game wasn't great, they did create enough chances in the first half to put that game well out of sight. The amount of balls that were flashed across the box that so you expect someday a bad or Jota just to be coming in to tap in, which they've done in the past. And it kind of felt like Andrew's like, you know what, maybe that was a bit lazy from them or yeah. they, weren't, they weren't up to his standards. And if you're not up to his standards, you don't play. And that's what happened in the next game. And we've seen in the next game, the goal Celtic got are Celtic goals that we've scored all all the time under Ange. So he got what he wanted. Uh, you guys predicted it on the At The Match podcast for Patreon when um, Auntie Ralston went off injured the Livingston game. You thought, you know, maybe we might see Rio Atate play right back there. It's a position that he's not unfamiliar with. Well, I think he'd played a little bit of left back before he came because I remember some of the. It was full. It was there. I thought it was. It was at left back. Uh, it, was, it was at left back. Right? It was left back weirdly because we thought he was going to be the guy who took that position because mm. the Taylor's position was a little bit uncertain when Rio Daddy first came to the club. But he's been absolutely brilliant. Uh, since he was then. injured at the time. As yeah, well, I, we thought right. He's the guy who's. Got, that, that sounds absolutely mental to say <laughs> no. I know. I know people will be listening to that <laughs> thinking left back. That's that's absolutely crazy. But that that did show up in some of the information about Hadati at the time was that he was. Was a bit of a utility player. I think Celtic even announced him as a utility player mm. uh, in that New Year's Eve graphic that came up with the, the three Japanese players that were coming in. I think they announced him as a utility player, and I thought at the time, hmm, don't know about that. Yeah. that, that, that it's that, always that, a, the, the word utility player never fills you with confidence, does <laughs> no, it? No, not at all. But I, I never thought for a single second we'd ever. Once he came in and started playing in midfield, that it became apparent that it was it's ridiculous to think of him at left back. But when Ralston went off injured. There was a moment where Hatati went over to kind of speak to the the coaching staff. He went over for a drink, and I thought, "Are they going to do this here?" Mm, come I, on! I, I quite like I quite like the sound of that because I remember it was so so brief. I think it might even have been for one maximum of two games. But I remember Stuart Armstrong played a little yeah. bit as a, a kind of attacking right back, a wee bit under Brendan Rodgers, and I, th- I, w- I remember being quite impressed at the time. But Hatati. To come in the next game and play like that, man of the match performance, two goals from right back, yeah. from a guy who's been playing absolutely brilliantly all season. What a performance it was. Guys, what is a brilliant footballer. And when you see these guys, the way Celtic play and their sort of inverted fullbacks, you can see, right, okay, maybe he can fill in there. Look, he more than filled in there. He was absolutely exceptional. A wee bit of a slow start, a couple of loose passes, but the more the game went on, the more he was picking up space. And because he plays further forward, usually he maybe doesn't get as much space because teams sit in. Having him back there, just being able to dictate from that beside Cal McGregor and Greg Taylor and then having space to run into when uh, I think it was Moy out in that side, wasn't it? And... Um, uh, James Forrest so he was making these runs and look he's seen it with the goals as well Moy lays him off for the first one second one he's he's in there and it's that could have had a hat-trick from right back he's just a he's an exceptional player he's brilliant to watch and because he goes there it means Aaron Moy comes in so you're looking at Celtic going, look, we're very strong all over the pitch even when two players don't play well we bring in an R2 players and Forrest Maeda done well but Hatati just he just stood out he was absolutely exceptional and leaves you in a wee bit of a a good conundrum because while Moy played well in there, do you keep Hatati there or do you get more from him in midfield? Good good options to have, but these two next two games coming up will be pivotal in how Celtic do this season. How, I, I know Hatati was good, but there is no denying that we've got... Well, Easter Road away is 
typically a tricky game. It they've, is, yeah. they've not been doing so well recently, but the next two games are going to be tricky and they're going to be season-defining. How confident are you if Hatati has to stay right back for both of those games? Well, after seeing that, I'm perfectly confident There's in him. I think, zero problems. No, you, you definitely do lose from midfield. There's no... You know, there's no, there's no free lunch when it comes to this. If you mm. take Hatati out of the midfield, you do lose from it. As good as Moy has been, you, there's no getting away from it. Hatati has been one of the best players of the season. If, yeah. you, if you remove him from the midfield, we are not at quite full pelt. But this is football, isn't it? It's, you sometimes get emergencies. You sometimes yeah. just need to get by with what you've got. If Hatati has to play it right back, it won't be ideal. But I won't be worried about his performance in that position. I'll, my only worry would be that uh, he can't play in both positions. Basically, that that's my only only concern there. He, he's been absolutely excellent, and yeah, maybe just with one of those ones. It may have just been a perfect storm. St. Johnson didn't offer him too much defensively. Yeah. He was allowed a lot of space, as as Melly has already said. He found a lot of space there, but. To get forward and score a couple of goals from that position, just excellent. No, I'll, I'll have absolutely no worries, but you're right to point out that Easter Road is difficult, isn't mm. it? Because Celtic have got a pretty ropey record there in very recent years. I think we've won, of the last nine, we've only won four or something like that. There's a lot of draws in there as well. I don't think we've really lost in a long time, but it's, it is one of those tricky tricky fixtures that rears its head every so often. I, I, I do still have my worries defensively because Hibs and Rangers are going to be the two tougher uh, tests he'll ah, get yeah. if he does play it right back. I think Ralston will be back and even if it gets down to the game at Ibrox, Juranovic will be back and uh, Alistair Johnston can play as well. Yeah, so right. four good right backs at the club, lads. Yeah. So all, all good. Uh, just before we move on from this as well, I think the... Livingston game maybe shaped Hattati moving back there. I mean, Stephen spoke after thought, oh, thought he was going to do it, but uh, Burnaby came on and Greg Taylor went to right back and it, it just didn't work. Not that Taylor was bad there, but it just I thought it just upset the balance of the team and you thought it shows how well Juranovic done last season playing over there because it didn't didn't affect us too much. But having Taylor over there, he, he was always going inside and it just didn't work out and you thought, right, we kind of need a right footer there so we need to do something a wee bit different and you're looking at it as well that the B team, there was no talk of any right back from there being brought no. up so Hattati probably made sense and it worked out well. We seem to be quite well covered for injuries all over the pitch, you know but right back, as you said, we've got plenty of options there now that you just add Hattati to the list as well um, but in the in that moment you're talking about when Burnaby came on, I was left thinking if we get an injury to Taylor, then the, the step down to Burnaby. I think Burnaby's got a bit of work to do, Stephen, doesn't he? Before he even approaches first team starter status. Oh, definitely. I I'd still a little bit rough around the edges. I think he started really quite poorly against Livingston, and well, I I appreciate that some players are going to take a few minutes to get going. But do you know what? You're at Celtic though. Mm. We kind of need subs to come on and, and make a difference. It is unfortunate that we're in this position because we've got two right backs, the two main right backs missing at the same time. You can't really plan for that. You can't have just an infinite supply of right backs. Yeah, as Melly said, you would ideally have like a, somebody to step in from the, the B team, but it might just be the case that nobody's quite ready for mm. that yet. So we do need people to come in and contribute you know, when when we yeah. when we need them Burnaby uh, I just I don't quite know about him yeah I don't want to be too harsh on him I think he started four and a half million quid well there is that yeah. that's not his fault right enough but it's that's not his fault but it's an indication of where yes. they think his value is it comes with certain expectations uh -huh. you're absolutely right 
He started off really quite badly. Grew in there a wee bit. Started contributing a wee bit in an attacking sense, but his passing was absolutely shocking to begin mm. with. It's only the first time either with that passing. It's been pretty no, poor in the no. games we've been speaking about. And you're, you're right to say, Miller, that it just completely upset the balance of the thing because there are maybe other examples of it. I wouldn't like to go on goals, for example, mm. right? But moving your full back across to the other side... There's nothing quite as awkward as no. that on the football pitch, is there? Because wingers can switch all the time because their objectives can be slightly different. You could be a guy who tries, like Forrest, who tries to get to the byline and, and put crosses in. Or you go to the other side and you could be Jota, whose main thing is coming inside and either shooting or linking up with attack. But when you do that with fullbacks, it all just feels a little bit awkward. The whole and a game bit changes, doesn't off it? Off-kilter, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just think it's, um, it's a bit difficult right now because we're coming in off this break the team's not changed too much. The defence has been pretty much the same, the midfield free, and it's only been through necessity we've changed it, which means guys like Burnaby, Jack and Marcus, maybe even Turnbull and all these guys, they're weeks, maybe weeks behind now and see when they come on, like the Livingston game there. All the subs we made, like Turnbull, Jack and Marcus, Burnaby, like I mentioned, they all looked terrible, mm. like, looked terrible, looked well off it when they came on and, effectively made Celtic worse off the, because you're looking for guys to come on and inject a bit because the first half was decent enough letting in that go right before half time but in the second half he needs a wee injection of something some players to come on all the subs made them look worse and again at the weekend Jack Amakis came on and his first touch every time he was chasing the player after that yeah. to win it back it's, it's you're kind of looking at him a wee bit aren't you all these stories that are swirling about um, I know we had a big debate on the podcast recently my, my position Jack Amakis has sort of changed a wee bit I, you know he's 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 putting oh, up going off Jackie Marcus have you? Yeah, he, he's putting up um, he's he's putting up cryptic Instagram uh, posts and see if when when people start doing that, gives me the ick. Tiresome, it, it's yeah. tiresome, and I'm it, it doesn't even matter if it's like footballers or your mad auntie on Facebook, like whoever's like subtweeting or putting up like, snakes everywhere. Aye. It's just me and the Wayne's for now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when you when you've got stuff like that happening, he's putting up pictures with wee uh, sand timers and all. I'm like, oh, look. See if you want this big bumper contract or you want the move, go and earn it, right? But the, the two things that can't all go hand in hand is that bullshit that you're doing and the bullshit on the pitch. Because <laughs> see if he's coming off the bench, banging in two goals, looking absolutely dynamite and Celtic are not offering him the contract that he wants and he's doing it on social media. That's how you build up a head of steam to maybe get what you want with the fans on side, with the manager on side, going, look, this guy's bailed us out for two yeah, games. Yeah. He's a superstar in the making. We need to try and keep him because we can't. But if you're going to come on and you're looking like an absolute donkey, <laughs> right? if you're looking like a fucking cart horse and you're moaning on social media and you're wanting mere money, something needs to give. One of the, All three of those kind of go hand in hand if you want to get the fans on side. And that's kind of how I feel about him. I'm watching him in the last couple of games. I'm going... Mate, you've been shite and you're moaning. Like, <laughs> you need to really improve your performance if you want to go and earn that. And to a lesser extent, completely different situation. But there's Joe has been shite since he's come back as well, I think. Mm, but, he was poor against Livingston. Aye. Right? But Jack and Marcus in particular, all this stuff and all these stories that are swirling, I'm just like, it's getting a wee bit tiresome, to be honest with the guy. Uh, okay, all, all this can change if he scores the winner at Easter Road or at Ibrox. Like, ah, fair enough, mate. But but yeah. the, the thing, the point I'm making is, or what I was alluding to there was, I think all this off the pitch stuff, he's concentrating more on that now. Like his head, yeah, who, which footballer was it that tweeted hashtag heads gone? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. When he was in some sort of contract negotiation. I think this is a prime example of he's focusing on the wrong things now. 
see when he was scoring goals and doing well, he was focusing on his on pitch stuff. Now this off pitch stuff is starting to creep into creep into whatever he's concentrating on, and his performances have suffered. I think he just needs to forget about all that and go on with the the job in hand. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you, mate. Because I think um, look, you can maybe say, oh look, we're just we're just guessing things or we're trying to make things up or try to pull mm. things everywhere but fact is Celtic have came back played a good number of games now and he's not started one yeah. whereas we've had rotation in other places where we we are strong Jackie Marcus has been a sub and to add to that as well with his performance when he's come on like the, the, the weekend the first touch like come on mate but then you look at the guy who's ahead of him Kyogo he's start we were speaking oh, he's missing a lot of chances he's banging in the goals he's banging in the goals and yeah. even the the Levy one that the OG he was right behind the guy ready to tap it in as well so Celtic are scoring a lot of these goals where Kyogo's getting in at that near post and putting them in he's doing his job Jackie Marcus is trying to win a place and it's just not quite working there for was him. a debate not so long ago Stephen like bubbling under and some people have decided you know as you get debates on every point imaginable on the internet now right but there was a debate about you know who starts these games Kyogo or Giacomacchus and there was, I, th- I believe I firmly believe there was a genuine d- debate between the two of them because oh, yeah. they were both yeah. capable of scoring the goals they're both capable of getting the goals he needed and sometimes I thought Yakimak, the chances we were creating were maybe more suited to Yakimakis than Kyogo. Um, and I think even in some games recently that's been the case, except Yakimakis has been well off the boil. But since the return, this, that debate seems nonsensical now. I, I, for me, I think I've I've grown a little bit weary of it. I said this in the At The Match podcast as well, but how I've, I've grown a little bit tired of this debate because it seems to be that as, as with a lot of these things a lot of football discourse is either one or the other it's black and white you mm. can't really there's no grey area we can't just appreciate both things it has to be the Messi versus Ronaldo mm. you kind of like both if you like both you're daft and you have to absolutely <laughs> absolutely sort of double down entrenched views it has to be one mm. or the other right this is on a much smaller scale of course I mean as a Kyogo fan I like Yakimakis <laughs> <laughs> yeah. respect, uh, respect as, a, as a Yakimakis fan I, I like <laughs> like that part <laughs> yeah, yes exactly and respect to you for doing that thank you yeah, thanks for, for seeing F- football pales into ex- insignificance at a time like this yeah. I, yeah, I've grown a little bit tired of it because it, it seems to have just become it, it devolves into a just right this guy's pish I want my guy to play yeah. and you see quite a lot of it online to the point where everyone's just like well you need to play Yakimakis because he's the big guy he, he scores goals Kyogo misses chances and Yakimakis doesn't he? That's not the truth at all. Like they both miss chances. That's by, that's why they've both ended up at Celtic at 28 years old, mm. eight, respectively. But for these specific examples, I can't see the logic in playing Yakimakis at this from the start in these games because not to be arrogant about it, but this is Celtic, right? We're Celtic and we are looking at games. How how can we play best into the strengths against the strengths of the opposition? Right, Livingston are defensive. They 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 pack the box. Are you surprised about <laughs> defensive no. after his part? Ah, well, yeah, <laughs> the, the, the four three three we're going to get at Celtic stuff. Yeah, I, how did I bet that... we really bet. We really got bought that hook line and sinker, didn't we? <laughs> how did that work out, Davy? But. We are looking at these games and right, thinking, right, they've got big defenders, so how do we combat that? We stick a big guy in there, mm-hmm. and we can put crosses into him, and they can just heed them all away. I don't get it. I don't understand the point of this at all. It, for me, it's firmly the opposite of that. We saw some examples of this earlier this season where they went to Ibrox and got a draw because they just let Rangers put dozens and dozens of crosses into the box, headed them all away, and managed to grind it out. Kyogo has scored in both recent games against Livingston, 
Yakimakis has never scored against Livingston. In fact, he's, all he's ever done against them is miss that penalty in two one of, of his first appearances. Oh, I two. Gosh, so he did that a year apart, didn't he? <laughs> That's right. So he's missed two penalties against Livingston. Again, I, I'm only kind of mostly joking about this. I don't, I don't mean mean for it to come across as a go at, at big big Gigi, but to me, Kyogo is the exact. He's the, he's the perfect tool for that mm. that that task. How you beat these teams is getting in behind them opening them up somehow in the wide areas and putting crosses really got Dan- this management stuff nailed done not you open them up somehow Aye. and score well, a goal well dangerous well, just sorry job it seemed but the two goals against Livingston the OG one was a low cross yeah. and then the other one was a low cross most of the goals against St Johnston were low crosses apart from Hitati's smasher yeah it, you get in behind them and you put the balls into dangerous areas that they can't <laughs> defend against no lumping it into did the box did you just snigger at balls get in behind them in balls <laughs> oh in my God. on a football podcast unbelievable <laughs> uh, get in behind them and put passes why do we call passes balls anyway I don't know doesn't really make any no. sense does it but anyway put passes that are into dangerous areas that they can't defend look at what happened against Livingston that guy Obelai just smashed it into the roof <laughs> on net from about four yards because he'd never seen what he's used to is crosses coming yes. in that he can head away put something at his feet and he smashes it into the, to the roof of the net um, there's a lot of fuss in the living game at Obelai getting a ball drilled into his feet it was obviously a first uh, and um, the Scottish officials having to deal with an offside call <laughs> was another one it's that was a that, that that reminded me very much of Ange a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago. Now was asked about VAR, and he says, "Look, I don't care. You know, it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. it's no big and it's no fancy and it's no new. I had it in Australia for years. What I don't understand is why it's front and center every week. I'm paraphrasing, obviously, and why it's taking so much time. And his thing was, it's impacting the game too much. It should be these decisions should be quick." That was a fortnight to decide whether or not somebody <laughs> was offside, and we we made a joke on this podcast when VAR was first coming in about how they'll all be scrambling oh if you get the rule book over there and googling things and all that and I, I strongly suspect that's what was happening for that um, Abada slash offside decision Melly. I think that happened and the people involved that are there to make the decisions quickly simply did not know the rules they had to go look it up somewhere they had to debate it amongst themselves they had to figure out what the actual rule was because they didn't know and really their only job is to know the rule. That's the only thing they're there for. Yeah, especially the VAR. The VAR referee is the one that says, look, that's a wrong decision. Mm. The the referee gave the goal. The linesman gave the goal. Yet it was called back for VAR because Abada was offside, but the defender heads it. So is he onside after that? But then you need to think, well, is he interfering with play because he's right behind the defender? All fine. I thought when it happened, it would get disallowed because I thought like, the defender knows he's there. It's maybe mm. put him off. I have never in all my time watching football, I don't, I think they said, can't remember who said it, but they said, right, so the linesman didn't give it, that's fine. Mm-hmm. The referee didn't give it. The VAR official says, I think that's offside. That's not how it works. You say that is offside mm. and then the referee goes, okay, to, for a referee to have to go over the video to look at an offside it's never been done before. Why are we the first at this? This is incredible. Offside is offside, so he's either offside and interfering with play or he's not. Why is a referee having to go over and overrule his linesman and overrule a VAR guy about a decision that shouldn't be considered in VAR? Because if VAR says he's offside or he isn't, yeah, this 
referee has to run over and we're talking minutes and minutes yeah. here. It, was, it felt like seven minutes. Aye, something like that. Aye. The offside is in no way subjective at yeah. all. There's there's nothing subjective about offside. As long as the rule is applied, you're either offside or you're not. Mm. Is That is literally black and white. That is, that is the lines on the pitch. If someone is in an offside position, when X happens, then it's, it's offside. It's this, so, this one's a wee bit different because is he interfering with play or not? But then, it, but it it you should decide that based on what the, the interpretation of the rule is. You, yeah. the, you shouldn't take it. Shouldn't be watching replay after replay. You can you can judge that from a still. Yeah, but you wouldn't but the, even have to see a replay. You it's can nothing just, to do with the ref yeah, after that. You, you just judge where a bad disposition is and whether he's interfering with play when that ball is played, and then you you make the decision there. But, see this VAR thing. Are we now the only league in the world who still talk about VAR on a weekly basis? <laughs> Probably. And is, is it partly because it's new and is it partly because we like to talk about it, we don't like to talk about it, but we choose to talk about it? But, uh, you know, when you're watching English football and then the World Cup and all that, VAR now is just sort of integrated into the game. People, and yes, people moan about it, or oh, the delay and the delay, you need to check the goal and blah, blah, blah. But what I don't see in other, like when I'm watching Sky Sports and I'm watching English football, what I don't see is... They've made a cock up with VAR here. You never hear that discussion anywhere else no. about how even with VAR they've made an arse of it or why is it taking so long? These are things that seem exclusive to Scottish football. Is there our part-timers are getting paid, what is it, 800 quid a game <laughs> plus expenses <laughs> to bumble about and figure out the rules as they go along? Meanwhile, we're all the ones, we're the ones who are paying the price for it. We're the ones sitting in the stand wondering what's going on, no really knowing, or you're sitting at home at TV twiddling your... Th it's, it's, it's really, really... The whole point of it was to seamlessly integrate into the game and that just simply hasn't happened it's genuinely painful at this point <laughs> at the game the, the length of time things are taking and there was one in the St Johnston game where an incident had happened it was a David Turnbull sending off right so he runs runs in steams in and boots the keeper mm. straight in the head right and that took a wee while to, to work out uh, what had happened and eventually he was red carded but I think Kevin Clancy forgot that he had any kind of job to do there because <laughs> the entire time the keeper was being treated for his his head knock, which was which is fine, right? Mm. If there's so a head knock, head on the chest, or uh, whatever. If they, if they're treating it as a head a head knock at the time, that that takes time, right? So that's fine. We we deal with that. That that's something that should be you know allowed. If if a a player has been potentially seriously injured, we'll deal with the length of time that takes. However, could you not during this? lengthy period of time could you not have checked the VAR then <laughs> instead of standing a boot hanging a boot over the over the, the downed player making small talk with the physios and all that and then you remember you have to go and check VAR to see what the incident was in the first place that that was an extraordinary length of time again as well so it's I, I don't I genuinely don't know what the answer is here and speeding this stuff up but I, 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 I just don't think it's ever going to happen I mean no. you're right I mean you're, what was the Matthews, I think, was a keeper that got hit in the head. Right. You're lying on the ground and your brains are pouring out through the crack, <laughs> in a, a crack in your skull that, that big old clumsy David Turnbull's giving you. And you've got Kevin Clancy standing there going, are you, uh, are you okay? Kevin, <laughs> please, please fuck off, Kevin. You're making it worse. <laughs> Cara shock as well. Not what? even the worst VAR decision of that match. Not even the worst decision referee-wise because Real Hattati's second goal is nowhere near offside. And when, no. when you've seen it when we were watching it at the game, it didn't look offside. Mm. Then when you see a replay for 10 seconds, you can see he's not offside. Three minutes, over three minutes it took them to come to the conclusion it was not offside. What are they doing? What yeah. are they watching? Well, are we in a situation now where if Celtic score, right, okay, no, take the conspiracy out of it, Jamie. Are we in a situation now where if you're a linesman and a team score a goal, right, and 
it's not contentious offside, but it's like you throw your flag up anyway because it's going to get checked. So are we in a situation where an unconfident linesman or a linesman who's not very good at his job will just be throwing flags up at anything because he knows it's going to get VAR checked anyway? So I'm doing my bit. I'm flagging everything. I'm never. There's never going to be an offside goal on my watch because I'm fucking up there every time a goal, ball goes in the back of the net. It's because it's going to get checked anyway. But it's going to get checked if he if he doesn't put it up. So aye, but if he if he but, aye, but I think well, the logic would be if you flag and it's not an offside, right? Nobody ever cares because it gets checked and the goal yeah. counts. But if you flag and you catch an offside, well, good job, you've done a good job there. You caught you caught an offside, well done. We've, we've, oh, that was close, how did you get that? <laughs> oh, I didn't get it, I just guessed. I just, I'm just throwing my flag up every opportunity because I don't know I don't know what the linesman saw there. No. It, it wasn't even close. No. So, so I, I'm just curious. No, and like, again, it needs to be explained, but and I know people say, what are Celtic doing this? I've no doubt Celtic behind the scenes are going and asking these questions. Uh, Especially with Law back in the scene. Oh, oh. He runs the SFA. He's, he's, he's opening that big drawer and he's going, <laughs> and he's blowing the dust off that dossier. Aye. Remember the Doogie Doogie dossier? Aye, aye. And he's just, he's just faxed the front cover over SFA tables just to let them know he's still got it. <laughs> but it was a shocker, a decision. It was a great goal from Celtic and... I can understand if VAR looks at it and then you go, aye. But it wasn't even close and the linesman's right up there. We've always said, maintained that linesmen guess most of the time. They guess. But the one job is to look along the line. Mm. And when you see the still of it, there's a, he could fit another player in between the guy and Hitati. It's not even close. Lovely finish from Hitati. And Stephen, why did they score two goals? Because he's wearing Mizuno boots. Absolute teasers. Eh? You, you can still find them. Yeah, you don't no, see we, them well, hold much. on. Are we sponsor- did we strike up a sponsorship with Mizuno that I've not been told about recently? Because no, he was playing right back when he came over to take a throw in, I said to Stephen, is he wearing Mizuno boots? You don't see them much these days. And he was like, ah, yes, actually. Oh, nice right. to see them. Yeah, other boot brands are available yeah. unless, unless Mizuno wants to drop some of that cash in 20-minute <laughs> Tim's Tables. A great story. <laughs> <laughs> well worth Well worth well, well, It's just there. nice to see it's, them. <laughs> and you can still find them as a Stephen, what's your favourite brand of football but Sondico? <laughs> oh, do you like those ones? I like, I like a pair of Lottos. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the thing is, like, see if the, the linesman gives that as offside mistakenly, or even just as if they've just guessed and given it offside. Mm. I don't care about that, right? I don't really care about that because offside is hard to do anyway. Players are faster than they've ever been, right? The, the game's at 100 mile an hour. The ball is played and you have to be watching when the ball is played and the line at the same time, right? I don't care if, if they get that wrong, but VAR should be able to clear that up in literally seconds. Yep. Literally seconds. Are, are, are we, this is what I suppose my point is now, are we just, are we blowing it out of proportion by even discussing it? Should we, <sighs> well, but I mean, part of me feels like, no, because <laughs> I used to enjoy the game of football without VAR, you brought this thing to the table and it's just a dog's dinner. So don't blame me if we're the ones talking about it. Aye, well, we we were sitting here with a nice little uh, sort of fine dining, um, little plate, l- lovely presented and all that. And what the VAR have done is come over and dumped a big bowl of spaghetti right on top of it. <laughs> no, I think what we were dealing with was shit refs, and the the refs have got this idea here. We're, we're going to fix this thing, and then they've brought over a broken computer. <laughs> and now you're just watching the shit refs try and fix the broken computer. Like they've you've really, in fact, you've made this problem worse. Aye, aye, they've made football so much better as a result <laughs> as well. We're the, thankful, and it's totally cleared up. Any contentious decisions at all we've barely even spoken about it best uh, decision was bringing it in half well not even halfway through the season they decided to bring it halfway through the season and then brought it in earlier showing that they were never ready for what was it the first, what was the first game supposed to be for VAR 
It was maybe the it would have been the Rangers Abad the uh, Rangers Hibs game. Aye, it Aye. would have been that would have been one of these games here. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you chiching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com/work. shopify.com/work. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Tis the season for clean balls. Fa la 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 la. <laughs> right. But our friends at Manscaped are helping you clear your driveway for safe travels this holiday season. From stocking stuffers to gift exchanges, Manscaped's products are the top of every wish list. Grab some crop mops for your pops or the shampoo for your boo. Be the star of gifting season and help all the men in your life go from eggnog to nice hog this December by going to manscaped.com and using code TIMS for 20% plus free shipping. Manscaped offers a handful of the liquid formulations, shampoos, body washes, upstairs and downstairs deodorant, gels, exfoliants, absolutely everything they could need to keep it clean. 
And why not top off the stocking with the crown jewel for their family jewels, the Lawnmower 4.0. The electric razor's advanced skin-safe technology is a life-changer and known for reducing nicks and cuts on his Santa sack. It's just a ball sack trimmer from your podcast, mate, Sammy. <laughs> That's right, get 20% off of free shipping with the code TIMS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code TIMS, Manscaped, for a perfect gift that will be the holiday's biggest hit. So that's maximum points out of those last couple of games, with or without the help of referees and VAR. But I don't think there's any denying that the next two games could be could be season-defining, but particularly the Rangers game on the 2nd of January. We're away to Rangers, we're at Ibrox, they've got a new manager in, he's won his first three games, three out of three, conceded a lot of goals. We are doing a lot of content for that Rangers game. Patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims. We are live for extended build-up before the game. We're shooting content during the game. We're producing podcasts and writing after the game. If you want to get involved in supporting your favourite podcast, Patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims is where you can do that. Um, Stephen, if we beat Rangers at Ibrox as the league over, uh, yeah, I would. I'd be willing to entertain that conversation at least. Anyway, mm. I don't. I don't think it would be beyond. Started it, yes, yeah. <laughs> and then by the end of the sentence, it would maybe <laughs> yes. There's a bell curve of a of a conversation. Now, <laughs> uh, yeah, I will certainly be open to talking um on in those terms because I've already said that. I, th- I think I said, you know, when we were looking pretty unstoppable. Um, Rangers were looking a bit shaky had to sack their manager and all that I said look if we beat them in January 2nd well, I will be willing to entertain the conversation that the league is over in, in January which is kind of insane when you think about it but that's testament to as much as we're sitting here moaning about VAR and daft decisions and all that Celtic have been in incredible form this yeah. season I don't want that to I don't not want that to be kind of forced into the background a kind of background story in mm-hmm. this when, when we're moaning about decisions because it is important to acknowledge how good Celtic have been in all amongst all this <laughs> this nonsense as fun as it is to talk about VAR every single week <laughs> it is important to talk about how good Celtic have been so with that I think it is massive because it's a very obvious to say but in one hand right we could basically have one hand on the, the trophy should we win mm-hmm. at Ibrox and I don't want to talk about it as if it's already happened. And I certainly don't want to talk as, as if the Hibs game has already happened. Yep. But it all going well, we could be sitting there with one hand on the trophy in the first couple of days of January, which is incredible, really. But what we don't want to do is the opposite. We don't want to think, right, they've got a new manager bounce now. Because they've not looked good, but that, that will be the narrative. See if they manage to beat Celtic or even get points off Celtic in any way. The, that that will be that we are running scared of the Beal Beal mm. Ball revolution and all that. So we don't want that. And there's only one way to just shut that right down immediately. It's to go out and beat them like Smash the them. Right, exactly like the like the better football team we know we are. So that's that's the task at hand. But there's no getting away from the fact that it could be you know basically I one hand on the trophy after that game. I just want to acknowledge something for the listeners. Um, you might wonder why we're not we're skipping over the Hibs game, right? We do acknowledge that Hibs game is coming up, but we're, we're sort of hedging our bets a wee bit. By the time you listen to this, it'll be on the evening of or maybe after the Hibs game. And we're going to have a match reaction podcast out for the Hibs game on Patreon. So we're going to cover the Hibs game. We're, get, we're not disrespecting Hibs when we're talking about this. We're just planning content um, intelligently. Mark <laughs> um, yeah. Melly, league over if we beat them at Ibrox? Uh, to be honest I'm more worried about the Hibs game than the Rangers game I think that Rangers game will take care of itself I think if Celtic get through nonchalant of you I thought, I think, don't all games sort of take care of themselves in, in a in a way don't throw them off Smelly <laughs> don't, don't listen to him continue just, to make I your point I just wonder what the distinction between hey. the, the Hibs game doesn't take care of itself but the Rangers <laughs> one does because the Rangers <laughs> game's the, the game where 
everybody should be on fire. Everybody mm. should be ready for it. But this game's sandwiched in between this last game and this one. And it's the one sometimes you can look beyond a game and I, I don't like doing it, but I think Hibs will pose a threat. But if Celtic go into the Rangers game, having won, I, I predict Rangers will probably win their home game, whoever it's against. It's going to be very interesting because looking at it, Celtic should go out and beat them. But sometimes it doesn't happen like that. But I still feel if... If Celtic go out and play the way they have in even the St Johnston game, we should have enough within us to beat us because we've got good players there. We could be going into the game with three new signings under our belts as yeah. well, so they will all be eligible to play, but I doubt any of them will make an appearance. But look, Celtic are going into this off the back of very good form before and after the break. If we can get past Hibs, we'll be going into this. And you have, look, this is a massive chance because last season the last sort of question we had over Angie's team come the end of the season was, look, can they go a Rangers and beat them in their own midden? And they done that. <laughs> they done that. They done that quite handily, even though it was only 2-1. I wasn't, I wasn't very worried uh, during the game once we got ahead, but you've seen in dominant Celtic teams, where it be Martin O'Neill, uh, Brendan Rodgers, we went to Ibrox and won fairly handedly as if it was just look, it's not another game. That's what you're looking for from this team now. We're, we're smashing everyone. There's one more team to smash away from home before we can really say, look, we've got this, we've got this. And I think if Celtic can do it, I think they can do it. Will they do it? I think that's up to Celtic because I'm looking at Rangers starting lineups recently. I've not really got much to fear. Ryan Kent against potentially Hitati, but I'm sure Juranovic will be back by then. But look, Celtic are in a good position. It's it's up to them to go out and show what they can do. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I've just got a feeling we're going to smash them. I just think that this... What, what, smash them, what are you saying? 4-0? Something Same, like that. 3-0. They're conceding a lot of goals at the moment. And I, I just think this is... I saw Emperor's new clothes with Michael Beale. I think the guy's a bit of a myth, to be honest. He's meant to be the brains... Um, behind the, the Steven Gerrard revolution but I mean th- that was a flash in the pan that was a Covid season that Steven Gerrard thing if he was the brains of that operation then his, his CV doesn't show much in terms yeah. of wins in terms of silverware in terms of beatings against Celtic aye they got a few but I mean we all know what the shape the Celtic team were in when, when they beat us so um, we've got play- <laughs> the Emperor's New Officers Club <laughs> the, <is> the Emperor's, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, Emperor's New Brogues yes Emperor's <laughs> New Brogues any, anymore uh, <laughs> Just try, try to think of Don't one. take it if you've not got one. <laughs> Jackamo. Right. There you go. <laughs> the, the point I'm making is that there's, I think, even there's even the Rangers sort of slanted media and, you know, the Daily Record is just a full Rangers fanzine now <laughs> with some right. of the stuff. But even them, it's just like, if this guy had substance, if this manager had anything about him and this team had anything about him, right, you wouldn't have to come up with all this crap and these no. fake stories. You don't see that with Celtic and Ange. It doesn't exist because there's no need to make it up. We do our talking on the pitch as we have done for a long time. And as I say, our team is absolutely chock full of quality players. And I'm looking at their team and I'm like, who worries me? Fat Morelis. The guy's a turkey. You know, he's just survived Christmas by his, by his skin and his teeth. Ryan Kent, he's chucked it. Oh, he, he wants away. Bill said the other week, they've been asking about new contracts. These guys don't know why Rangers fans are desperate to give these guys new contracts. Mental. If, it was, if it was Celtic, you'd want them out the door. Ah, there's a different... He sort of did a wink, wink, nod, nod. Just, just uh, there's, a, there's a couple of there's a different tone to the conversations now that I'm here. Yeah, but they're still no signed contracts, and why fuck knows why you'd want to keep them. So uh, Cholak, I don't know if he's injured or if I he's, think he is, he's, yeah. he's injured. Alan McGregor's been dropped again, hasn't he? I think John McLaughlin played a couple of games for them. It's 
it's it's just all Stephen Davis out for the rest of the season. Arfield will score against us because he always does. But there's nothing about that Rangers team where at the moment where I'm going, shit, we really need to keep, keep our eye on that. Even the thing you're talking about, about Hatate right back. I mean, what has Ryan Kent got that Hatate can't deal with? He's not, even get, he's not going to burn them for pace. He's not going to work harder than him. There's, there's nothing in that Rangers team that particularly worry me. I, I would, I mean, Ryan Kent has, is capable of probably just skinning Hatate a couple of times. But the, the thing is, the pattern is that it, it never really leads to anything. It, it just, it just sort of dribbles. He's the king of doing stepovers in his own half and then just passing it in the midfield. That's basically all he does. Elsewhere, it's the famous last words and all that, of course, but they don't worry me at all. The defence looks deplorable. Defence looks absolutely terrible. Gaping holes in that. They're missing quite a few defenders right now, so I don't know if they're likely to get anyone fit in, in time for that. There's Goldson, who looks dreadful. I think they've been alternating between Sands and King, <laughs> yeah. who, got, who got a bit of an injury recently. So I, I really, I don't fear them at all. Up front, Morelos, the shape of him is Honestly, he's I know a wee, he's a wee Christmas pudding. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Christmas. Did you see me had the Christmas pudding jumper on? Aye, aye. And I saw the the photoshopped inflated one as well. <laughs> it was like aye, there's a there's a you massive. Shouldn't fat. You shouldn't be fat shaming. No, no, no. This time he is a struggle for everyone <laughs> yes. in, that, in that regard, isn't it? Like, Morelos is no stranger to it either. <laughs> but honestly, for a, a high level athlete, that guy is in some nick, and mm. I, I can't believe he makes it to the Rangers first team in that condition. Because even. Of Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, many faults. At least he got him told when it would, it came to his yeah. condition. See that. See this like this act that Michael Beale's putting on for the for the fans and for the media and all that, going ultra staunch on day one. And we've spoke, we've joked about this a couple of times, but I'd honestly be mortified if that was the new Celtic manager. People will obviously make the comparison between him and Brendan Rodgers. Brendan Rodgers fed us all that as well, mm. right? He fed us all the, the Tommy Burns, Danny McGrain, all, the, all that Anton stuff, right? Rogan. Anton Rogan, right? Well, <laughs> again, the examples will... Smell on the mince. <laughs> the examples... Traffic jam, congratulations. They're, they're bringing the city together in, yeah. a, in a, what was it, Clyde Tunnel traffic Danny jam McGrain. or something like that. Danny McGrain. I mentioned Tommy Burns at his very first, uh, now he's, he's unveiling at Celtic mm. Park and all that, right? So... All that stuff. So he fed us all that shit. But the difference here is that that was all unnecessary. Brendan Rodgers was a top class manager yes. at the time, right? Michael Beale is doing it because he's no get that. He's doing it. <laughs> it, it is, it's a total smokescreen for the fact that he is a total charlatan and has walked into a level he'd never belonged at in a million years. I've made the comparison before, but that is like Celtic appointing Gavin Strachan as their first team coach after Ange goes, who, well, Gavin Strachan, who has been in his first job for 20 games in League Two or yeah. something like that, and that's who we appoint. This he is knows it. that. He's insecure about that, and he knows it, and this is why he's playing up to this ultra-staunch pitch. Are you saying what he's doing is Rangers manager cosplay? <laughs> yes, that's exactly <laughs> he's what He's picking the <laughs> affectations from yeah. all the previous Rangers managers that he's been handed a dossier. You yeah. know, Rangers fans like this, 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 and this. Please mention these. These are your talking <laughs> points. Um, but if he's meant to be the, 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 the brain's the Gerard Axis, the Gerard Beale Axis, if he's the brains of the operation, Stephen Gerard won one league during COVID when we had Neil Lennon as manager um, <laughs> and, and nine attempts at winning a trophy. Yeah, he, beat yeah. us a, he beat us a couple of times. The Stephen Gerrard Rangers are not something that worries me and his right-hand, third-hand man is, is no something that worries me either. And the quality of football that we've got at the moment, the quality of player that we've got at the moment, the only one thing that does worry me slightly is some of our top performers have come back and guys that have scored against Rangers and done well against Rangers have come back looking pretty ropey. So, 
we've already discussed Yakimakis. He's he's looked pretty ropey on the return. Well, he's never scored against Rangers, but he has been he, effective against us. That's what I said. Yeah, I yeah. scored and done well. No, I wasn't correcting you. I'm just saying. Good, I'm just, because I was yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. I'm, because I'm, there was nothing to correct, Stephen. I'm supporting that, <laughs> yeah. that point, yes. Well, thanks for your support. <laughs> um, Jota. Uh, Jota has been great since Jota's a couple of goals against him and Yakimak is like that's a criticism that you could probably level at these guys him and Kyogo neither of them have scored against mm. Rangers Kyogo's barely played against Rangers yeah. in fairness he does need that goal because whether we like it or not whether anyone cares to admit it that's a thing for Celtic strikers isn't it you can't really get well, away with not scoring against him yeah, yeah exactly Jota um, uh, he he was I mean that fantastic goal he scored against oh. Rangers at, at Celtic Park one of the classics uh, one of the absolute classics he looks a million miles off that player at the moment doesn't he Melly yeah he, he does a few just games where it wasn't going for him a bit to some of the game time against Livingston they're 2-1 up and he's doing the flicks and tricks and that right come on mate they're, they're brilliant to watch but there's mm. a time and place we were giving the ball away needlessly and it's just those wee things but I think when it comes down to it, well, I'll ask you the question because we've had Jota and Abada with the two stars in the last game. Mm. Kyogo went off injured in the first minute, didn't he? And yeah. Jacka came on. As you said, Kyogo's not had a full 90 minutes to get on a full start against them where he's got yeah. to go right at them, has he? So uh, up front, I think the first game he played out left, yeah, weirdly. But I think if we're looking at it, right, what's the front three? Because after the weekend, James Forrest, I think, done okay. I thought Maeda was really good against uh, St. Johnston looking at players who have been there and done it who's doing it now who's your front three against well, Rangers well let me add a, a level of complication to that so it's Maeda for me yeah probably Maeda Kyogo but does whoever is else making up that front three does it matter who's playing right back because if you've got an actual right back in there does that influence who you're, who you're putting on the right side of the attack yeah potentially yeah. I, 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 I think uh, Juranovic will be back for then mm. and Johnston could come in I think Ralston will probably even be back there I think uh, Right back will be fine. Even then, oh, I, I think I think you're right. I think I would go Maeda, Jota, and Kyogo. Yeah, that would be my first choice because I think that's flexible enough that look their thing would be get the ball out to their fullbacks and launch balls in, wouldn't mm. it? So if we can have Maeda and Jota really press them, they done that brilliant uh, last season. I think I just want to see Kyogo go up against that defence from the start because I think he could get a lot of joy. I think we. There's a high probability that we might be very surprised when the, that lineup is announced because of the number of wing options we've got. And mm. oh, they all bring something different to the table. And despite the fact that some of the names we've already mentioned aren't maybe in the greatest of form, the fact is they could turn up on the day. And Abada get, terrifies it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if Barisic was playing, you would put Abada in all day. Man. <laughs> did you see Did you see his direct, see the article where he said he was exhausted from World Cup? Oh, was he? <laughs> <laughs> Some guy tweeted, Salt Bay spent more time in the piss than Barisic. <laughs> Uh, well, I don't, I don't know how likely it is he'll play. But if Juranovic is back, then you, you would suggest Barisic would be back as well in contention because I think they've got a younger player playing who's a natural right back playing at left back for them. Yeah. Just now, I can't remember the name, but um, it's good that I, I think I got away with it though. <laughs> don't, don't pay attention to them. But I think if Barisic had any chance of playing, Abad is one of the first names in the team sheet because you're going to get the better of him. You're going to get the better of him. I bet you'd never thought you would hear it out of me, but I think it's actually a case for Forrest to play in this uh, game Ibrox, as well. Yeah. Mental. The, there is the the that as well. There is that Forrest has typically traditionally no turned up against Rangers, especially at Ibrooks, save for a couple of games under Rogers where he was excellent. 
But he looks really confident just now. Yeah, he, he looks like he, I think he said himself during the week there that the gaffer has given him a new lease of life. He seems to be just growing in confidence. Do you think it's because his instructions are so clear? Could be, get to the yeah, byline yeah. and cut it across. And any winger could basically do that. Well, what you quite often find with certain players is that is that sort of novel stimulus, I suppose that mm. you would call it. But I think having your your instructions paired back a little bit, clarified, made ultra ultra simple is often when you can get the most effect out of a player like that because everybody knows what James Forrest is capable of I bought now. his book for Christmas have you yes, finished it? have you finished it yes. <laughs> this is why I like so no, have you finished it skimmed, skimmed through it have you even started it genuinely no, no I have not I've, I'm it's, grateful it's, it's on the pile it's on the pile I, I don't see it taking long to get through if I'm totally honest I say there's about 12 words per page <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'll I'll fly through that. I'll get that done in time for the weekend. But uh, do you know what? I, I don't think I would. I think the conclusion I would probably arrive at is not to play Forest. But it was for some reason it just did pop into my head there that I think you he, know, you could see the, him. The last I'd even put Haksabanovic ahead. There's of, another one. Yeah, Haksabanovic yeah, just got a bit unlucky that he was injured for that first game and he's came. He's nobody to start the last two, but. I would have no qualms about throwing him in at Ibrox. Part of me worries about Haksabanovic a wee bit insofar as he's too good to be second or third choice. And I think that's a guy that probably needs or wants to be playing every week. And it'll be interesting to see what happens, you know, especially particularly next season, because you wouldn't expect, you'd expect James Forrest to be playing even less next season probably, yeah. than he's playing this season. Um, moving into midfield though, does Aaron Moy play? He's been really good he, I was, On the run up to the World Cup And since coming back He's been really good The St Johnson game Was just a pleasure To watch him play yeah. It was utterly tremendous Just the way Players are coming towards him And he'll just flick it round Or uh, the, This typical Celtic Goal these days Seems to be Ralston done it And Moy done it Where you pass it through The centre back And the right back The right winger crosses it in And uh, Kyogo taps it mm. in Celtic have done that So often recently Aaron Moy was a pleasure to watch, but I'm kind of torn because I think in these games you need somebody who will keep hold of the ball, but at the same time, I think that'd be better bringing on. You need guys with energy in yeah. there and McGregor, O'Reilly and Hattati been there and done it at Rangers. I think still think Hattati could do a wee bit more at Ibrooks, but that's nitpicking a wee bit I think Aaron Moy would be a great player to bring on for, at some point for Celtic just, but he's think, been tremendous man. he's getting set up nicely for Matt O'Reilly's first goal oh, he's, yeah. not scored oh, all, he's not scored all season I know he missed that he missed a big chance against St Johnson and it really seemed to knock his confidence for a lot mm. of the first half he didn't play particularly well that said though I think if Juranovic is back and we expect him to be back I don't think there's any chance we see any surprises in midfield at all? Mm. I think it's going to be the McGregor Hatati O'Reilly thing. I'd be I'd be very no, surprised. <laughs> <laughs> One last hurrah before he heads Good off night, back to Russia. Prince. Yeah, uh, that's that's a, that's an odd one, isn't it? Pointless, um, wasn't it? Really? Yeah. Um, if anyone isn't aware of what we're talking about, there have been reports in Russia that he's going to have his loan cut short. Mm. He hasn't been in the last couple of squads. He's not even making oh. the bench anymore because... We're linked with another player from the J-League. I did take a note of it on my phone, but the autocorrect has changed, changed his name to Instagram. <laughs> I've forgotten what his, his, his actual name was. It's uh, Tomoki Iwata. Yes. It seems to be a, a, a done deal. The, the usual stuff, it's, it's always very reliable information you get from Japan because, Aye. shock horror, they don't have the same type of media we do, but they <laughs> no. just make stuff up. If it it's been reported in Japanese football media. It tends to be true. Mm. Imagine that. Weird, I know. <laughs> so that that seems like it's a goer. That to me would spell the end, definitely. If it wasn't already been reported, it's the end of Abu Gal mm. because he's not featuring. It's also the end of Idiguchi and probably when he's back fit, James McCarthy. So that would seem to me to be tidying up that position. He is yeah. a, a defensive midfielder. 
uh, an aggressive, you know, tough tackling midfielder, right? So Abugard, it spells the end for him. Just it just didn't happen at no, all. Nothing no. whatsoever. In many ways, I suppose you could you could class that as a a success for the loan system that Celtic adopt. They're not going to work out, but it could be worse. We could have gone out and spent four or five million on this guy, and he's he's exactly the same player that we find ourselves having well, yeah. to cut short the contract yeah. off. So I've not got a big problem with it. It hasn't impacted Celtic in any way. It's not like he's come in and played terribly and cost his goals and cost his games or anything like that. It just hasn't happened at all. He's not even making the squad anymore. So you know, it's just one of those weird ones that came in we didn't really see the need for a player of that type. It turns out we didn't need a player of that type, so he's, he's gone. Do you think, uh, speaking of players of, you know, that have not been performing too well since the break that we have previously relied upon to do well against Rangers, spoke about Jota, obviously, spoke about Jackie Marcus. Joe Hart looked as if he's creaking a wee bit in some of these games and he pulled off a terrific save in the, that Ibrox win in particular. That game, I thought he did very well. But in these last two games, I mean, I'm not overly concerned about him, but... He is starting to creak a wee bit. That's what you said when we were rewatching the game, Stephen. Aye, uh, I think it's been happening a wee bit this season. Again, sometimes we're misconstrued. Sometimes we we pick out players that we have mild concerns over, and it it quickly becomes, oh, I can't believe you're criticising Joe Hart again. The big man's been amazing for us. Totally agree with that. He has. Yeah, he's been yeah, incredible he for Celtic. He's been an absolute breath of fresh air because Lord knows we needed that after Barcast, right? Well, <laughs> Lord knows we needed that after that season and after Barcast. The guy has come in and been absolutely brilliant for Celtic. Okay, established. Take that as yes. red. That's what we believe about Joe Hart. That said, he is starting to get a little bit shaky. I don't think he covered himself in glory against St. Johnston for no. that, that goal that he no. just palmed straight back out. It looked, to me, I, I said this when we were watching it as well, it looked like he was doing a goalkeeping drill and the point of it was to give it back to the guy who was putting shots into it. <laughs> yeah. just, he put yeah. it straight onto the toe of the guy who was standing right in front of him. Didn't look good at all. And it's not the first this season. No. He's still very capable, more than capable of coming up with big saves and big moments. Did it loads of times in the Champions League. But that you know, the the very nature of being the Celtic keeper is that we need him to be alive in these moments. And he's just starting to starting to look his age a wee bit, unfortunately. Right, I'm not I'm not going to end the podcast on these negatives, right? <laughs> right. So uh, as a positive, we're going to talk about how good Callum McGregor's been since he came back from injury and how influential he could be at Ibrox for us. I think he'll be the most influential player. Oh, yeah. I think him and. Carter Vickers probably I'm looking mm. at going like you two I've got a sneaky feeling it'll be a match for Maeda as well but Cal McGregor has come in like players come in and you sort of get them back in slowly introduce them slowly that doesn't happen with Cal McGregor he comes in against Aberdeen man of the match performance winning goal and since then he's played every minute of every game the guy doesn't need time to get up to speed no, he, no. he dictates the speed of the, the game so he's an incredible player it's probably the reason Abelgaard failed at Celtic because he came in very late and you're up against Cal McGregor. It's why I then wonder if Awata's good, then is Cal McGregor going to get moved forward because Cal McGregor's always going to play. I just look at Cal McGregor and think, right, Ibrooks, if he's got the ball, I have no worries. And it's always, like I said before the break, we were a wee bit, I was a wee bit worried because of the, the play, but when Cal McGregor's there at Ibrooks, I think Celtic will mm. dictate and play the way they play. And, He'll dictate the game, he'll dictate the game, he'll dictate the tempo and if we can get him on the ball, I think Celtic will be fine. I just think we're a much better team, Stephen. I just think oh, player yeah. for player we're a much better team and I think especially in that midfield, we're, we're much stronger than them. 
and, and in particular, they just don't have anyone that comes close to the level of Callum McGregor and that whole team. They don't have anyone. No, I mean, it's been an enduring image of the of those derbies in the last couple of seasons, or last you know, year or so, about Callum McGregor chasing Barisic about calling him a shite. <laughs> yes. you know, that, that's, that's an absolute t- terrific Celtic-based meme of, of recent times. Uh, no, Callum McGregor is he's massive. He's massive for this team. And when he came back, what I thought was like Celtic can play well. We can get away with it without Callum McGregor because, again, the the setup of Scottish football is that we've got better players than everyone, and yeah. then, than everyone, everyone up to including Rangers, we've got better players than, but to to varying degrees. But when Callum McGregor comes back into that, we ascend back to that level that we know that we can play. That, yeah. that, that full full Celtic, full free-flowing Celtic, the reintroduction of Callum McGregor has been huge. We need to send Rangers league hopes right down the drain. We need to throw them out with the Christmas tree. <laughs> we need to make sure Michael Beale has got the worst, the shortest honeymoon period of any Rangers manager. And I think if we beat them on the second, it's, it's game over for the league. I think it's done. There's there's no way we are dropping the points required for them to come back and take the trophy off us. Normally, with a big statement like that, I'd be going, "Ooh, don't, yeah. I, I can't." Are you even, calm about it. You relax. I can't even muster up a <laughs> or, or anything. I think I think that's a very that, that's a mild take from you. Saying, saying, <laughs> Is that not hot enough? No, I don't, I don't well, think. You know what? Yeah. I'm going to save all my hot takes for Patreon. That's a korma. <laughs> <of> a <laughs> <take>. <laughs> Is that a butter chicken of a take? <laughs> well, I'm going to save my spiciest takes right uh, for the live build up and all that stuff's on. I'm saying that to camera, and I forget it's all the only <laughs> yeah. this week. I'm saying all that stuff. T- to camera um, and that's going to be on patreon.com slash 20 minute times if you want to support us if you want to support us in another way you can subscribe to us on iTunes you can leave us a review on iTunes you can leave us a review on Spotify now you can subscribe to us on YouTube or leave some comments down below just to work that algorithm a wee bit for us thank you and goodbye small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.